0: Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 2. We want to talk about what happened just a few days after what we celebrate as Christmas. And as you're turning there, some good news for you women. Uh, that You know, the women's Christmas dinner that we had here, what, three weeks ago, I guess? Uh, you folks raised enough for three wells in India, Jesus wells, and where there's a well planted, there's a church planted, Uh, We've actually had the privilege of going to India and dedicating some of the wells that this church, uh, the Lord uses church to provide. So the actual check went out this past week. Three wells will be dug. And praise the Lord, you used and um, you go, well, we should have more Christmas dinners if that's the case. So uh, (laughs) I praise the Lord. All right. So the greatest swing of a pendulum, you see that picture? The greatest swing, you know, back and forth on the clock is the swing from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve. Think about it, last Friday was Christmas Eve and everybody's talking about the birth of our Lord. This Friday is New Year's Eve and everybody's saying, let's go, (laughs) let's party. Uh, And then you go, wait, is that the same people group? Um, uh, It's amazing how spiritual America gets on Christmas Eve. We want to do better than just get drunk on new year's eve why don't we start this new year by waiting on the lord when the bible talks about waiting on the lord it's not some uh, sleepy thing where you fall asleep it's it's waiting with anticipation it's expecting god to move expecting him to to speak and our, our our lesson this morning is on simeon he's one of my favorite guys in the whole bible and and he would go to church he would go to temple Waiting on the Lord really, we'll see it means expecting God to move, expecting God to do something. I think that's a great way to go to church. So how good are you at waiting? <laughs> Most people say, I stink. I'm lousy at waiting. You know, uh, t- just do a test. How good are you at waiting to make a left-hand turn anywhere in Haleiwa? You know, it's not going to happen. How good are you at waiting in traffic? How good are you waiting uh, at the airport when your flight was delayed? You know, thousands of flights were delayed this past week, right, for Christmas? Great. How about waiting? um, You get the idea. In the doctor's office, we're not really good at waiting, but this guy was really good at waiting. Now, in Psalm 40, it says that this is a crazy promise verse testimony. He he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And You go right, right away, I've never waited patiently. Then you could say, I waited 30 seconds for the Lord. No, I waited patiently. If you're going to wait for God's timing, you might as well be patient about it. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. Oh, Mike's going to say something? He heard my cry. Now look at this. Here's his circumstances. He brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. So he's talking about, here's the psalmist going, you should have seen my circumstance. i got to move these, Sorry. Uh, you should have seen my circumstances how bleak it was it was horrible I just I'm got to the bottom of a pit and sinking, sinking in, in clay and in mud and, and I just thought this is lousy, is this all God has for me does he really expect me to live like this you know, when's he going to do something because that's where I was and instead of forcing the issue, instead of I'm going to make this thing work so I'm waiting for the Lord I'm looking expectantly for, for the Lord to do something. And, and He brought me up out of that pit. He brought me up out of the miry clay. Not only that, He says, He set my feet upon a rock. He established my steps. Like, wow, if I tried to do it on my own strength, on my own power, without waiting on Him, I would have made it worse. It would have gone from bad to horrible. But He said, No, the Lord did something because I knew even in the midst of these bleak circumstances, God is still God. God is still uh, able to do something. not only that, he said, you know, he put a a new song in my mouth. Sometimes you sing nothing but old songs are hundreds of years old that every, you know, it doesn't mean anything maybe. He goes, no, because I had this new experience with the Lord, he put a new song in my mouth and it was one of praise to God. It wasn't complaining to God. It wasn't finding fault. We've got to just praise you, Lord, because you're at work in my life. But he goes a step further. He said, many will see it in fear. They're going to turn and trust in the Lord. So if you see the whole picture, he starts in this bleak situation. He starts where you'd be tempted to complain and find fault. And he ends, he says, because I waited on him, because he did something, People are going to watch and get saved. They're going, well, I saw God move in your life. I saw how you responded in those bleak situations. I want to be able to trust God like that. So he goes, oh, many will see this and trust in the Lord. So what we want to do is talk about a guy who waited on the Lord and what God did in his life. He was actually promised that he would not die until he sees the Messiah. So we're in Luke chapter 2, talking about when Simeon finally gets to meet Jesus. I'm reading from the New King James, beginning in verse 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was, now he has a fourfold description. He was just. He was devout, and the devout's like my new favorite word. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And, number four, the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, that's Joseph and Mary, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, so Simeon took Jesus in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, I'm ready to die. Now, Lord, you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which, notice this, you have prepared before the face of all peoples. And a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Folks, those are the most despicable people alive. The biggest sinners alive. And, And so the Jews are going, wait, did he say Gentile? I thought it's for us well it is bring revelation to the gentiles and glory to your people israel it includes both groups joseph and mary or joseph and his mother marveled at this <laughs> <It's> like what <laughs> which was spoken of him then simeon blessed them Do you know how to bless people simeon Blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Wait a minute. Did you say people are going to find fault with my son? Yeah. Against him. Yes, a sword. Talking to Mary. It's going to pierce your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Father, I pray you'd keep us alert uh, with devoted hearts, just hungry for more of you. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we start, again, how good are you at waiting? Uh, not all that good. How good are you at recognizing the Messiah? I mean, this guy comes to church. He's looking around. All right, today might be the day. And he recognized the Messiah in the form of a little baby. Do we recognize the Messiah, or do we recognize him at work in someone's life or in pre- situations, predicaments? He, he knew how to recognize the Messiah. So here's the fourfold description of Simeon uh, Number one, he was a just man. It's a term we don't use too much these days. He was a God fearing man, it's a good term. He knew who God was, and he knew who he was in in respect, in, in relation to that. He was a devout man. Now, this is why it's like my new favorite word. It means he was careful as to the real, realization of the presence of God and the promises or the claims of God. So you go back to Psalm 40, where you go, man, I was in the miry clay, the pit, and all that. He goes, you know what I'm aware of? I'm a devout man. I'm aware of the presence of God, even in these bleak circumstances. I'm aware of the promises, the claims of God. Even See why I like the word devout? Am I a devout person? I, the third thing is he was waiting. That means to, to accept favorably. Okay, I'm waiting. You know, the doctor's delayed. It's going to be a while, but I accept it favorably. Why, why would you do that? because there's this sense of expecting i have this expectation when i go to church something's going to happen something good i'm going to hear from the lord and then finally the spirit was upon him yeah well, what is that supposed to mean remember geniuses think in opposites contrasts so i know when when self is upon mike it stinks it's rotten it's horrible just You know, and the guy is just full of self. You know, it's all about him. It's all about self. As opposed to someone full of the spirit, they are some of the most nice, wonderful people to be around. Just like, there's just a sense of a spiritual shower when you get around them. Like, I just gravitate to those people. I love being around them. It's it's not a bummer. And here he goes, he's full of the spirit. And it says that he's led by the Spirit in verse 27. He goes into the temple. Now, it doesn't mean he was floating into the temple. You know, some people, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Because, look, you have one life, okay? You want to make it count. And the way to make it count, be led by the Lord. You know, instead of, too often we're led by our flesh. We're led by our fleshly desires. It doesn't mean he floated in. He, I'm thinking he did what he always did. This is his routine. This is what I do. That day, there was something special. That day, is, it's as if the hand of the Lord was upon him, and he didn't recognize anything different. He just, well, this is just what I do. And I go there, and I, I see the, the Christ. So, it's like a fishing pole, just for an example. You know, how do I be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? How do I be sensitive to the leading of God. And you can have two fishing poles. One fishing pole uh, is so thick, I don't know if you've seen them when you go deep sea fishing. There's one pole that is so thick, it would take a great white shark to cause that thing to bend. It would take a humongous big bite for that thing to bend at all. That's not being very sensitive. There's other fishing poles that are extremely thin. And a little minnow would get that thing to bend. You see, when I first came around to the Lord, I think I was more like the fishing pole that only a great white shark would bend. But I like to want to be more sensitive to the Lord, more sensitive to his His drawing, his leading. And and here's these people who say, I've never heard God speak. I challenge that. I challenge that all the time. You've never heard God speak. Have you ever heard the Lord say, stop, don't do that. Of course. What did you do? I did it anyway. But you heard God speak. You see, if you want to grow in sensitivity to the Lord, when you hear Him say, stop, don't do that, stop, don't do that. And then you're, you're establishing patterns of obedience, of, oh, I'm responding to the Lord. So, uh, In the Old Testament, that's what OT stands for. The Old Testament, they had schools of prophets. And what they would do, they'd go to these schools to learn to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is the Old Testament. So when Elijah the prophet was about to be lifted up into heaven, 2 Kings chapters 1 and 2, he and Elisha the prophet would go by these schools of prophets. And the prophets would come out and say, hey, your master to Elisha, your master's going to be lifted up today. I know, I know. See, those were the schools of the prophets. They had s- set themselves apart to learn how to be sensitive to the leading of the, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We don't have schools of the prophets so much, but we do have devotions. We do have Bible studies. We have friends who can help us discern The leading and the prompting of the holy spirit i want to be more like the the minnow type of of fishing pole where the lord doesn't have to hit me over the head with a two by four to get my attention i can sense him leading with just a little bit so how how does Simeon know this you know he goes lord you you promised me i i wouldn't die till i see the 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 messiah we don't know how that happened how did that take place Why wouldn't it be recorded how Simeon ascertained that? We don't know. But what we do know is that God has promised you many things. How about this? Romans 8, verse 5. Now, we've been studying Romans for the better part of last year. Uh, We'll continue uh, next year, beginning next week. Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh, meaning... Well, I got to eat, I got to dress, I got to, you know, work, and that's just that's all they're thinking about. But in contrast, those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on things of the Spirit. Yes, they eat and they get dressed and they pay bills, but that's not all there is to life. They understand God really wants to speak to me. God wants to build me up in my most holy faith. He wants to lead and direct me. Now, I found a lot of Christians struggle in this area. Uh, As far as just get down practical ways, how do I know I'm really hearing from God? So, I'm excited to say in the next year, 2022, we're going to be doing, we're going to be offering in our Ohana studies, experiencing God. And this is how it came about. Danny comes in my office one day, Pastor Danny, he gets all excited. I love being around him, he gets me excited. And he goes, hey, have you ever heard about this experience in God? I'm thinking this is how it happened. I go, oh, yeah, 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 I've done that many times. It's this great uh, book by uh, uh, Henry Blackaby, who's actually spoken in this church before. And, and it's just such a great way of being practical and biblical on knowing, okay, this is God speaking, he's God leading, I'm going to go in that direction, And I said, yeah, we've done it. I've done it personally several times. It's probably been like, I don't know, 10 years since the last time. So he said, yeah, let's do it. So I go home and I'm telling Vanessa, my daughter, this story. She goes, Dad, the last time we did that, I've been married for over 20 years. The last time we did that, I was single. (laughs) I go, okay, better do it again. But it's such a great way, challenging way, memorizing different scriptures And determining how God is leading us to follow him and be spirit-led. So, here it is. Simeon goes into the temple. Here comes Jesus. And right away, he recognizes Jesus. How do you do that? In John chapter 21, do you remember this story? Jesus had resurrected. Peter doesn't know what's going on. He goes, I'm going fishing. Meaning, I'm going back to my old way of life. I'm going back to what I know What to do? I know fishing. Peter, you are a lousy fisherman. (laughs) I'm sorry. The only time we read about you catching fish is when Jesus directs you to go catch fish. But he said, I'm going back to my old ways. You ever been there? I don't know what God's doing in my life. I'm going back to my old ways. They fished all night. They didn't catch a thing. And in the morning, oh, they must have been tired. Come on. Those nets are heavy. Pulling them in all night long. Now they're cranky. And here's this guy on the beach. Uh, hey, how's it? And Peter, how's it? John, the apostle, turns to Peter, the apostle. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. You have friends like that. Are you that kind of a friend? To where they didn't recognize Jesus was moving at the, in the first place. And you come along and go, dude, that's the Lord working in your life. I remember before I married my wife, Karen, it's not like I had 17 others first, but my wife, I married Karen, and, uh, and I don't know, if you're married, do you remember what it was like, you know, you, you miss meals, or you lose sleep, and you're on spent energy and all this, and so one guy comes up to me one night at a Bible study, it was after the Tuesday night study at Stonebreaker's house, and Steve Walden comes up and goes, hey, how's it going? And I told him, I'm not sleeping. Yeah, you know, going through this. And he goes, well, that's normal. And I'm thinking, if that's normal, normal is way overrated. I mean, come on, man. I've never been guilty of being normal. But it was so good to basically hear, that's the Lord. The Lord's moving in your life. He's giving you a wife in the near future. Do you have friends who can come alongside and go, I see the Lord moving in your life. It's so reassuring because you might think you're going crazy you might think you're being condemned and to hear God's at work and then they give you a scripture or two to go with it you go wow that's the Lord so he knows okay Jesus just came in and then in verse 28 he holds the Messiah in his arms do you ever think about that I mean some people are paranoid holding a baby right Here's mom giving you the baby. She's fine. And you're going, oh, man. You're afraid you're going to drop the thing. And the, 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 the boy, the baby, not the thing. But you know, just like, you're going, wow, how do I hold this? And, and all that. And, and here's Simeon said, give me that baby. Can you imagine holding the Christ child? He is, here he is holding him in his arms. And yet he's being carried in the Christ child's everlasting arms at the same time. How crazy is that? You know the song, Mary, Did You Know? Doesn't it remind you of that? Mary, did you know the child you delivered will soon deliver you? Do you know when you kissed your baby, you kissed the face of God? So here's Simeon holding his baby going, this is crazy. This is amazing. What first attracted you to Christ? For him, he goes, that's the Christ. It's interesting, he ran to the Christ. Others, that's the Christ, and they run away. Let me get, I don't want anybody trying to redirect my life. I don't want to submit to anything. They see Christ and they run. But others, believers, even future believers, see Christ and, oh, no, no, I run to him. For some, it's truth. You know, you're just so fed up with hearing lies or the hypocrisy Remember Pilate, punches Pilate? He said, what is truth? It says in John, because he knew that the, the, the priests had delivered up Jesus out of hypocrisy, out of they were jealous of Christ and claiming to hide behind truth. What is truth? It's basically saying, have you taken a step back and looked at your world? I don't see much truth. For me, it was forgiveness. I just knew, even though I was a good Catholic boy and attended church all the time and knew all about Jesus, man, out of nowhere, at 17 years old, the Holy Spirit just starts, convicted me of sin. And I'm going, yeah, but I just went to church, I did good, And, and all of a sudden, the hand of God was upon me. I knew I needed forgiveness, and that's what drew me to Christ. I've seen others come to Christ because they needed healing. I believe it was a Christmas Eve service we were having over at uh, Haliba Elementary School one night. Packed out and here's this new family I'd never met before. And they said, hey, can you pray that uh, one of our kids needs a healing? They all surrendered to the Lord that night. daughter wasn't even healed not miraculously anyway but healing is what drew them to jesus christ for others it's guidance they're going man i have no idea what i'm doing i look at my life i feel i'm just spinning my wheels i need guidance or peace is a huge one lately he's the prince of peace and people are man i have all the the money or the connections or the the everything in life but I don't have peace you remember Richard Corey Richard Corey is song by Simon and Garfunkel 1967 I think Richard Corey on the factory he had it all you know he's all the pictures his picture are everywhere in the tabloids and Of course, the the chorus was, but I, I work in his factory, and I curse the life I'm living, I curse my poverty, and I wish I could be, I wish I could be Richard Corey. And then he said, he was shocked to hear that Richard Corey went home one night and put a bullet through his head. And it goes back to the chorus, but I, I wish I was Richard Corey. You know, there's this, you could have it all, not have Peace. You can have it all and go, what am I missing? I'm where everybody wishes they could be. So peace is a great reason that people have come to Jesus Christ. Here's the thing that gets me. When Simon met Jesus, when he met the Messiah, he wanted to tell everybody. He didn't say, okay, Jesus, we had a secret, me and you. Don't tell anybody. He wanted the opposite let, let me tell everybody, no, no secrets. Uh, um, and he, he always knew someday he'd meet the Messiah. I mean, that was a promise that God had given him. I, I'm not sure how he knew that, but perhaps when he did meet Christ, he wished he met him sooner. I've prayed with people in their 60s who come to Jesus. And often one of the first things they'll say is, I wish I met him sooner. I wish I knew him as a teenager. I would have avoided so many pitfalls. I would have, oh, my life would have turned out so much better. So much, I I were always happy to meet Christ at some time. But so many people have a life of regrets. They look back and go, oh, had I surrendered sooner, my whole life would have been better. And so maybe he thought that. The thing about Simeon, he didn't have a crazy testimony later on in, in Luke chapter two, you read about a girl named Anna. she doesn't have a crazy testimony they're not bank robbers okay they, they they didn't shoot heroin they they weren't sexually immoral. they were really good people, really good people who still needed Jesus and our world needs to hear more of that today and so here he goes. Well, I, I want to tell people about Jesus, but I, I don't have a crazy testimony, but what I have is Proverbs 10, verse 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed. I have a great memory. When my wife, yeah, you heard she's kind of into Christmas, right? That's why I call her Mrs. Santa Claus. She's just, she goes all year. So yesterday was huge. So she has this photo album that she brought out. I mean, the bugger's thick. And all of our Christmases together No, we're married 45 years, we're talking a lot of Christmases. And I was so glad she took pictures because I forgot. Oh, yeah, I remember that. What year was that? 1890, I don't know, it was a long time ago, you know? And just like, and then you turn and paint all these other, men. Ma- what, I forgot. Do you know what we had as we're turning the pages? Blessings. The Kodak moments in that that book were blessings. Blessings. I told you this before, one of the best things we did, every Christmas take a family photo. Because you watch the kids grow up right before your eyes. But when we're looking at that book, I'm thinking of Proverbs 10. The memory of the righteous is blessed. We have all these blessed memories, so here's Simeon. Here's Anna later on in Luke 2. They're going, I don't have a crazy testimony. i ain't kind of vanilla, but I'll tell you what I have. My photo album is one blessing after another. I want that for you. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Why don't more believers share about Jesus? If that's the first thing Simeon does... And a few verses later, it's the first thing Anna does, anybody who will listen, why don't more people do this? Um, Maybe it's fear. I think for a lot of people. Fear of rejection. Fear of getting in a conflict and not knowing the answer. Like, I don't know what to say. I get it. But that's all it takes to keep me from sharing good news. How about For some it's just not a priority and and i'm tripping out on this i don't get that and not to be morbid but i think about hell a lot i find it a great motivator factor that you remember jesus talked more about hell than all the prophets combined it's real and i talk about i think of the words of jesus and the sermon on the mount Broad is the way to destruction. Many go that way. It's like he's warning us, hey, there's a lot of people going. Narrow is the way to eternal life. Just a few people go that way. I'm concerned. How many people, when you get to heaven, suppose you're going there, how many people will follow you there? Will anybody. What if you are the salt, you're the only light in someone's life, and you refuse to let your light shine? You refuse to be salt. Well, I'd rather have them as a friend than for them to go to heaven. You know, where's the concern? Where's the compassion? Because that's, I think a lot of people need to have that stirred up. So we have a, a, you know what, I might lose you as a friend, but I want to see you in heaven. I'm going there. It won't be the same without you. Maybe some don't share because of, it's not a priority. others, it's not a concern. Now my priority is work and surf and blah blah blah. I want to share about Jesus. Maybe the b- biggest one is just not obedience. Great Commission, you know it. Go into all the world, and actually, in the original languages, as you are going, as you're walking through life, share. It's not like, oh, when I go on the mission field, dude, you're on the mission field, all right? How about this? I think we make it too complicated. I think we make sharing the Lord so complicated that it's like this huge mountain rather than, well, sometimes it's a seed. It's not a big, th- just planting a seed. Uh, so in First Peter 3.15, it says to sanctify the Lord, like set him apart in your heart. That's where it starts. Many never share. They have never done that. Jesus, well, he's Jesus, but he's not Lord. He's not set apart. I'm not living for him. So he said the first thing, set him as, as, uh, apart as Lord and always be ready. How complicated is that? Always be ready. We, for, we fail to remember the Holy Spirit is going before us and preparing hearts. So in this verse, in 1 Peter 3, it says, people are going to come up to you and say, why do you have so much hope? Why do you stand out in a COVID-19 environment as a person of hope, as a person of faith, when everybody else is freaked out? They're going to come up to you. It's like God's preparing the way. Don't make it complicated. As they come up and say, hey, what's up with you? Always be ready to say, you know what? I used to be freaked out. I gave my life to Jesus Christ I struggle I'm not perfect but I know where I'm going let's not make it too complicated it's the Holy Spirit will even bring people to you and you just tell them this is what Jesus means to me so here he is he picks up the, the baby and see me he goes okay Lord I'm ready to die he's saying bucket list fulfilled we're good You promised me this moment before I die, I'm experiencing it right now, I'm ready to die. Stanley says this: your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all peoples, meaning this isn't a mistake that we find in a baby who's gonna grow up to be a man and die for the salvation of all people. It's not a mistake. Now, there's been some tragic deaths. I was looking at some old notes and reminded of uh, some good friends who died, Randall and Carol Kim. Uh, Not to be weird, but they were sitting over there one Sunday morning. They were in church that morning. They were in heaven that afternoon. If you were around here years ago, you remember the story. They were shot down in their house in Milani that Sunday afternoon. I went up there with Pastor Butch Pastor Bob was following us, or was ahead of us, the way he drives. Just uh. So, we all get to the house, and the weird thing, I had just done Randall's sister's funeral 10 months before that. And so, the cops said, oh, you, you don't know the family? You're over here. And I'm just trying to go, what's, I hadn't, nobody told me what had happened. And then Bob, oh, you're a cop, you're over here. You have to go ID the bodies. And, and just to make a, a long story short, it was tragic. It was horrible. And for some reason, they, Carol had been on 911 and they played the tape. Why would they do that? Hearing her get shot. Just tragic. But Jesus' death was planned. He's saying, Lord, you prepared this, it's on purpose. So, yesterday being Christmas, I get a phone call actually from the mainland saying, Peter Grosh died. And I'm going, wait a minute, he's such a faithful guy, helping teach one of the men's studies. And he had a former board member, board of director for years, just a personal friend. And... Uh, on Christmas Eve, said, I just feel horrible, went to the ER, was treated, I don't know what all happened or didn't happen, but his daughter found him lying on the living room floor on Christmas Day, unresponsive, and he's dead. And you go, this is crazy. You know, we, we have this cliche, you need to be ready, it's true. Guy was 51, buff in total shape, a you know, a workout warrior kind of guy. And so I'm not sure what all did or didn't happen. Uh, obviously, he was concerned about his health. He checked checked into the ER and drove himself home. But something terrible happened. Tragic deaths. Try, pray for Sandy and the three kids. But then. The death of Christ was not an accident. It wasn't a surprise. It was planned. It was necessary. That's what it takes to to get us forgiven. It was prepared. So we close. Simeon does two things at the end. He, uh, He blesses. Well, first, as he takes the child, he blesses God. Then he blesses Joseph and Mary, do you know how to bless people? I think, you know, if you're going to bless people, number one, it ain't about you. It's about you recognizing God puts someone in your path. And and you get to bless them. Uh, I like to mix a blessing with a joke. So Manny, where is he? Manny, one of our faithful elders, always, always here to serve, said, Manny, you're a blessing. I don't care what they say about you. You know, so you go, up, down. (laughs) Just, I'll tell my mom, hey, you're such a blessing. I don't care what your kids say about you. You know, so it's kind of a blessing, kind of a joke. Get built up, but not too high. But there are people who have no idea how to bless. Simeon did. I wish they recorded the words. I, I think it'd be so cool to hear, hey, Joseph, this is what I see God doing in your life. Mary, this is what I see God do. The hand of God is upon you. And he blessed them. I I think, okay, I think most everybody in here is saved. Most everybody here knows Jesus as far as I know. Do you know how to bless people? Do you know how to look beyond your current set of circumstances and recognize, man, our world is hurting. Our world has fear. It's got issues. It's got demands. Do you know how to give a good word? Simeon did. The other thing, he prophesied to Mary, uh, this is going to hurt. You have a son, you have the heart's desire, and God's going to use it, but you're going to go through some rough, rough times. It's, it's going to hurt. And for her especially, they're going to talk bad about your son, they're going to lie, they're going to nail him to a cross. The hearts, the thoughts of many are going to be revealed when they come close to your, your son. So in closing, just a few questions. We started with, how good are you at waiting? Remember, it's not a sleepy kind of waiting. It's more like, I go to church hoping God's going to move. I'm looking for him to move. I'm looking for something good. I have this expectation when I wait. Number two, how good are you at recognizing the, the Messiah? Remember, John told Peter, dude, that's the Lord. That's the Lord calling you. That's the Lord reaching out to you. That's the Lord moving in your life. Do you have friends like that? So often they don't. Are you a friend like that who can speak out in faith and say, I see the Lord moving in your life? Or I see you moving away from the Lord. It's time to get back. That's the Lord moving in your life calling you back to him. How about this? How are you telling others about Jesus? Another way to look at that, when you get to heaven, how many people do you want to bring with you? And we know it's the Holy Spirit, so I get that. But he wants to use you. How many relatives? Oh, those are the tough ones. How many good friends, co-workers? It's all tough. But to me, when you're up in heaven forever, times forever, and for someone to come up and say, remember that time you told me that? That's what led me to Christ? I'm hooked. You go, man, I wish I did this more. How good are you telling people about Jesus? And finally, how good are you at, oh, not finally. How good are you at giving and receiving blessings? Some people are really good at giving them. But lousy at receiving them. I, I remember there was a surprise party for a girl in this church a couple of years back. And a big, big party. And I told her later on that night, You did really good. You know, to, it's your birthday. You might want to just have a quiet dinner with your family. Instead, here's a couple hundred people. And, and uh, you handled it graciously. You allowed us to bless you. How good are you at receiving a blessing? And I don't want to be morbid, but are you prepared to die? I love my favorite quote of Billy Graham. No man is prepared to live until he's first prepared to die. See, Simeon was promised, you're going to see the Christ before you die. We're not promised that. We're promised you're going to die. Be wise to prepare for it. Because you never know and the only way to prepare for death is to accept the death of christ and he paid the price for your sins so you don't have to very simple prayer lord come into my heart forgive me i'm yours and don't just walk away from him at that point follow him when peter was told You know, Peter, after that whole thing of it's the Lord, he's told, hey, uh, when you were younger, you went wherever you went, but when you're older, Jesus prophesied, you're going to be martyred. Remember right away, what about him? Peter, what about about John? Jesus goes, if I want him to live forever, what's that to you? You follow me. And that's the, the simple command of Christ this morning. I need to be forgiven, and I need to hear, follow me.